Hello and welcome to the Hope and Anchor Community Church Podcast. Each week, we'll bring you the latest preaching from our Sunday services. We hope that as you listen, you encounter God and you're encouraged to go deeper in your relationship with Him. Enjoy the message. I mean, can we have an applause for Jesus and for the worship team? That's really good, actually. To be fair, they hold us up every week. Come on, honor to the honor, to ones that honor our due, you know? And um, they are just still hot out of the bat, you know, from recording on Monday. You know, what is an epic, epic privilege to be part of is, um, is our homage to God and His faithfulness. Like, to be faithful and to be... And to be there for us, it takes only, only God can do that. Do you know? I mean, are you faithful to yourself during even the day? Now, well, how many days you said, I failed myself? I'm not expecting a lot of amens, but the real people. Can I have amens on how many times you doubted on that? It was like, oh, my God, I really need it. I mean, I, Lord, only you, not even me. Only you would stay faithful to me today. Um, a couple of um, announcements, six weeks to go on the year, yeah? And as a church, amen. Someone is excited about that. <laughs> Let's finish this sucker. <laughs> Six weeks out of saying, Lord, um, I'm not going to only finish. And I am not kind of lusting over finishing strong, you know, like the world, the, um, the, the corporate world actually wants us to finish strong on, in, our, in our finances. You know, your taxes should be, you know, kind of put in. You know, your friends are are thinking about what gifts are they going to get from your pocket. Um, they're not thinking of the, of the gifts that they're going to give you, but they're thinking of how many friends do I have, you know. Like in this consuming world that we are living today, we want to finish strong. And strong means nearer to Jesus. We're committed as a church to not only finish better and not only good, but finish great. And great means do I know him better than I knew him the first day of this year. And can I count my blessings? Can I actually kind of go back and say, see, before this all started, I didn't knew you like this. But this year, you got me. It was a good one. I mean, it was rough. Maybe it was like my dream year. Everything I prayed for happened. Or maybe it's one of those years that said nothing that I prayed for happened, but so much more if I would have known, I would have not lost my time praying for the wrong things. Amen. We want to finish healthier in our hearts, not only in our bodies. We want to finish stronger, not only in our bodies, but in our relationship, in our bond with the steps that are ordered for us. We want to be those that are stronger and healthier and better, but also great. We want to be seen and we want to be known better by God. And the good thing about it is that it's never too late. It's never too late. So these six weeks, we're going to be, we're going to be, um, you know, kind of twerking in a little bit more of those nuts of the heart, you know, and kind of like getting them stronger and better and tighter. Um, I was talking with my, with my daughter a few weeks ago um, about the person that invented the, the apparatus, you know, the, the braces. What you put in your teeth to make them straight and how pressure and distance and the pull and the tug actually make everything that is crooked in our mouth better. And some people will say, well, that's vanity of vanities, mate. You know, hello, you can still bite, but you won't bite for long because things that are not needed, germs and and different other things in your life can get in between the motions. Actually, they could be in between what you really need without being needed. So that wants us to finish strong. Today we're coming and we, we might study a little bit more. I'm not going to probably shout a lot more. I might make you laugh. Um, I might shout. I'm, I'm not going to make any promises from here. Um, only that I'm going to speak to the best of my knowledge the truth of God. I believe God wants us to not only celebrate baptisms at the end today. So if you're in this place today, we're going to baptize some. If you want to be baptized, talk with someone that looks like they know what they're doing, has a lanyard or, or a vest in back, and we might be able to do that with you and for you today. But today is a celebration. It's a full meal. It's a banquet. It's going to be a full table. Amen. 
Father, lead the way. In Jesus' name, amen. How to belong. That's the title that I believe the Holy Spirit wants us to underline in our hearts today and go under in studying several parts of the Bible. I made you sit down because we're going to read several parts of the Bible. Not a lot. Maybe verses here and there, but that are going to explain what I believe the Holy Spirit has for us to go into today. So not only better, healthier, stronger, and deeper, God wants us to understand our, our today. But our today hinges in the middle from our yesterday and our tomorrow. And to be able to belong, we have to understand who we are. When we go into psychology, when we go into the Bible, when we go into every form of knowledge that we have that is valuable today, we will understand that is divided and someone with, with like that wherewithal, that, that capacity to start looking at the details, was able to explain it to us in four simple ways. There's not only four types of love. I would say there are four types of in. Intimacy. Into me, see. Someone would have said before. Another preacher, way smarter than me. Four ways of having intimacy or four ways into looking into each one of us. And the Lord designed us with ventricles, with, with spaces in our heart, four spaces in our hearts. Like the Bible talks about everything in seasons. Are you with me? And there are seasons into the way that we understand how we belong. So today we're going to start unpacking some of those. Maybe it's going to, it's going to need another Sunday. Um, but, you know, we're going to make the most out of this today. Is your heart open to be loved? That's the first question that the Lord wants to ask to you. And some of us would actually depict love in a specific way. Some of us don't know how is it. That we feel about love nowadays. You know, I mean, like maybe we are coming from a relationship that it was it was not the, the prime, it was not the best, it was not what we deserve, it was not what we needed. But that's the reference that we have for love. Love is the most abused and diluted word in our generation. I love you, and that meant I saw you. It's as distant as that. Oh, I love that. And you said, well, that was actually into my taste that day. I love those trousers. No, that day you thought about that style and you said, well, that's in. And you are drawn to things that you are attracted to. And you have put the logo, the, the name, the banner of love to things that you are attracted to. But love is a lot more than attraction. Love is way deeper. The Bible says that God is love. And if we're going to start dissecting this without polluting it or diluting it, we have to understand our hearts to see where we're standing with God. Where are we standing? We're finishing the year. We want to finish strong. That sounds sexy. That sounds wow. That sounds like something that we want to have. Oh my God, I want to finish strong. If someone says, do you want to finish this year strong? No one in this room would actually say, no, I don't. I want to finish really weak. Hello. But are we doing what we got to do to finish strong? Lord, I wish I had a six-pack at the end of the year. Well, let's choose what we eat. I wish, God, my heart was not all disabled like last year's. Because I gave it away for cheap. Because I didn't understand how valuable I was. Maybe we got to do some changes in our emotional diet. In our financial diet. In our spiritual diet, to understand what is it to be loved. For God so loved the world, and we all know that one. That's the poster. That's the slogan. That's, that's, that's your shirt. That's everything you want to value, but sometimes you don't. For God so loved the world that he gave. So love is a transaction. Today we're standing at the precipice of... A, a season that everything is transactional. I give you, and I'm thinking, we all are in some secret kind of like gift, gift exchanging moment in this, in this moment of the year. Like you have, you have those co-workers that you know are never going to buy you something better than a hummus. You know, like, you know, if you invite them to dinner, you know they're bringing the carrots. 
the rest you're putting in. And sometimes I feel that when we pray, when we're asking God, sometimes he says, well, at least he brought the carrots, you know. Sometimes we are there for what is the best, but we don't bring what is enough. We don't bring the fat, the full fat love. We, we want to bring that light stuff that is the cheapest thing. We want to look for that little sign, discounted, you know, that, that little corner of your supermarket in your heart that says, this is what I got left today. And God wants to teach us how to love. But we cannot learn that until we know how loved we are. And I know this sounds basic, mundane, and simplistic. But bear with me because all of us are in one school in life. Truth be told, we don't know how loved we are. And because of that, we don't love ourselves enough. I'm not saying about being narcissist and stupid. I'm saying love. And love never fails. You and me, we fail. Oh, my God. And we're epic. We're Olympic at failing. You know, if you have a picture of failure, it is yours. You know, like in, you Google failure, boom, your picture comes out. It is what it is. It, is, it will never be God's picture. But you know what? The cross meant that he exchanged your profile for his file. He said, I'll, I'll give my son. I give myself. So that's what we're, we're going to. This is not in my notes, so that's just for free. Is that okay? Four types of being seen into me seeing. Four covenants. Four covenants. Today, yesterday, and it won't be, it won't be different tomorrow. So you can take this to the bank, your emotional, spiritual, financial bank. This is the way to look at your heart day in and day out. Four ways. First of all, I want to say we need. We have needs. I mean, first thing in the morning, you need to go to the toilet. But you didn't have to go to the toilet if you didn't consume yesterday. So we, it's, it's like those people that want to like kind of rebuke the calories of yesterday night. You know, they, they want to rebuke the abuse of yesterday's bad decisions on their relationships. They want to just kind of regain the credit that they actually spoiled by buying more than they could. You know, like if I keep on going, I'll hit everyone in the room. It's easy. It's not that difficult. We all have a need. It's intrinsic to what we are. He built us like that. So away with the devil and the condemnation of actually saying, I need. Yo, we all do. And the gospel understands and is based on that. That God so loved us that he is there to fulfill what we need. We didn't need happy days. Happy day. Now, I know it makes a good song, but, uh, and, and we all feel warm about it. I want to be happy. But you don't need happy. You need whole. You know, you'll be a lot happier if you were made whole. And we are chasing those things that are the branches and never going to the roots. Love goes to the root. Love goes and settles to pay. It says, you know what? You cannot do it without me. I'll give myself and that's the gospel. And that will never grow old. You are a person with a lot of need. Can you accept yourself? Who has needs in this place? If you are not putting your hand up, you don't speak English, you don't understand Puerto Rican English, or you are lying to yourself. Come to the front. We'll baptize you as well. <laughs> because the reality of life is that if we are in front of God, the first thing we see is, I need you. If you're really in front of the almighty God, the one that provides all things, the good, good God that we have, we will never be able to boast with the first thing that we will say, like, Lord, I need you. You even forget your sin. What your brothers, you know, your, your siblings in Christ condemn you for and value you for and you're trying to fake all the way through. You forget all that. The first thing you say is like, I have a debt. I need you. See, that's to be loved, to understand that you can go to your mom and your father, to your God, and say, um, I don't have enough. I need. And some of us go through life checking. Can I go a little bit deeper with this one? 
Some of us actually show up to the party without anything. And we want to eat more than anyone. Actually, even better than that. Some of us actually go and have some. But we, wanna, we don't want to give what we have because it gives us a false sense of security. So what happens? When the, when the bill comes around, you start checking your pocket, you know? And it's like a very deep pocket sometimes, you know, because you're like, yo, I'm just, like, let me just like, yeah, I can, I can, I, yeah, I, can, I can, no, don't worry. Ah, you paid. Thank you. And sometimes we do that to God. We shortchange God with our mediocrity. During the day, we're saying like, Lord, you know, but you know that I'm weak. That, and you are doing some kind of emotional stretching. In your heart, just not to give to God what the bill is asking. But if we accepted ourselves, we will be able to say, Lord, I don't have enough. I was good. And I don't have it on me. Will you be able? And he knows. He knows that we don't have to entertain doubts anymore because we know we are loved. Or at least he's hoping that we got the memo. Heaven is saying, I love you. I'll die for you. Done. But sometimes we run around like we didn't read the memo. I have apps in my phone that I ignore constantly. Who is guilty of the same device? I ignore some of you guys daily as well. I got to be honest about it. You know what I mean? Like Because sometimes I feel that you're demanding and not giving. Wow, that was the easiest way of saying the truth. And that's going to be in YouTube. So bless every pastor that can let's just resend that to everyone in their church and not have to say, I did it. I said it for you. Don't worry about it. You know what I mean? I'm going to get the heat. May the Lord be with us, mate. Amen. Can you pray for me? Yeah, I need you. But we have needs. And most of the times we're running behind our needs and don't understand that everyone else in your mind has a need as well. And how have you been adding on to that? Because we don't do that with God because God is almighty. He's strong beyond the ages. He holds the heavens and the earth. But Jesus was surprised by the integrity of the faith and the faithfulness of so many. If you're thinking about the widow that had nothing to give but an om, that would be a cent, a pence, a penny. Yuan. I don't know, I'm trying to say every currency that I know. Uh, a Bitcoin is a lot more than that, so I'm not going to say Bitcoin. But <laughs> she had little, but she gave what she had. Sometimes we show up to God and we hold what we have because we still don't know that he's the everlasting source. Let's talk about love then. We have needs. And one of the biggest needs that we're facing, and we are exactly those to be able to break the curse about, is the need to belong. As the church, we should have the franchise. We should own the deeds and the details of how you belong in eternity, not only in the moment. It should be easy to belong among us. It should be easy to be a friend of any one of us but we're broken and we're checking our pockets if I have enough emotionally a couple weeks ago I think it's two weeks ago I said sometimes I see sometimes I mean I know that's only me so don't worry about it it's if anyone is hurt in this example it's only by the flims of your imagination I'm not saying that it was you but sometimes I hear the voice of someone and I turn around in the hallway Oh, wow, she gave it away. <laughs> I mean, every parent in the world knows that you love your kids, but every time, you know, there's our mom, you're like, oh, God, dad goes, you know, you're like, oh. Every dad in the, in the middle of the night is actually faking their sleep because they don't want to go and put the bottle, you know, in the best case scenario. We are, we are all broken people. And... We are in need of so much love. The more we accept that we're in need of love and acceptance, 
the stronger our sense of belonging will be. It's not by faking it that we belong to heaven. It's by accepting our life, our situation. When heaven sees, when God sees that we accept, that we own our sin, that we own our failure, that we own our brokenness, God says, I can inhabit you. I can give you freely. Because you have space. You're owning your emptiness. You're owning your lack of experience with who I am. I am love. And if you don't know me, wunderbar, you're going to keep on actually displaying your brokenness, not me. So as a church, we should know what belonging means. And the enemy tries to condemn us day in and day out. Our emotional and spiritual siblings in the church condemn us because, oh, look, he looks oppressed. Oh, she looks oppressed. Oh, that way of talking. Oh, that way of looking. Oh, they didn't show up on time. Oh, they didn't serve. Oh, they don't understand at this point. But I know that doesn't happen with you guys. Don't worry about it, you know. It's just imaginations. We need to be taught how to love. We don't understand how to love. We don't understand how to belong. First Bible verse. First Samuel 18.3 says in the international version. says, and Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Should I read it again? It's one verse. You know what I mean? What do you mean? And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. If Jonathan is here, he said, I loved him. I loved him how I love myself. This is a story of two mates. The son, the heir to a kingdom, and another guy. This other guy was the poorest of the poor. His family was catapulted into the, the last bits of the culture that they were living in. He was not even, he was not even accepted by his family so the not accepted, the rejected, food for thought, with the heir to a kingdom. I believe Jonathan in this, in this book that we hold as a Bible is, is a shadow of Jesus, the heir. David, you and me, broken. The rich and the poor. The rich in mercy, very poor in mercy, very needing of every mercy. <laughs> So we have two men, and one loved him as himself. A lot of pastors, a lot of people shy away from speaking or teaching on this because they don't understand what is the spirit of belonging. So it is weird to say that this man loved him as himself. In the world, in the distortions that we celebrate or say that we don't celebrate, but we tolerate in the world that we're living today, this is something that we have to explain. This man loved the other as he loved himself. How much do you love you yourself? Because you're not going to be able to love anyone else more than you love yourselves. I know how much you love yourself. Everyone sees it. Do you know that? We're all in the same boat. So God is teaching us how it is that he sees love. He loved him as he loved himself. 1 Samuel 18.3 Jonathan was actually the heir of everything. David was despised by his brothers, his father. He's forgotten. He was in the outskirts of his family. He was not even recognized as a son, a legitimate son, because he was part of a mistake. Love sometimes has to teach us that our mistakes are not the end. And more than anything, they're actually the beginning. Because most of the times, the biggest growth that we experience in life, even in our relationship with God, is not based on what we did right. Love teaches us that when we were wrong, he was right. And he teaches us how to come back from there and be better. And you know why better? Because we understand that there's others that commit mistakes similar or the same. And we are able to give that same journey, that grace, to walk it to others. Love gives us the walk. Teaches us the journey. Teaches us how to have mercy and compassion and to be able to fulfill grace. Not only to extract from grace, but to fulfill grace. Grace is something that empowers us. Grace is something that gives us what we don't have. Grace is the engine. It's not only the color of the car. Grace. Grace. Another, another moment in the Bible that we, we talk 
we can see this kind of love that the Greeks were actually explained like phileo or philia. That is brotherly love. Is when Judas kissed Jesus. I'm going to love that silence. How many kisses you gave Jesus this week? <laughs> That's a small letter today. How many kisses have you, how many treason moments? How many moments you have exchanged and you have sold your Jesus for something different? Something that gratifies you immediately, but phileo. Jesus asked Judas, we're talking about John 18, 3. We're talking about that moment where Judas comes with the Roman guards and says, you know what? I kissed you because I know you. How many kisses you gave away to your Jesus this week? I exchanged you and what I know is right and what I know you love and what I know is dear to your heart into this season, into this moment for what I think I need. We are all in the same place of Judas. Let's not be hard with the guy. Sometimes we get what we want and we don't want what we get, they say. And Jesus asked a question to Judas. With a kiss, you betray me? Jesus knew Judas was going to betray him, but he was saying, you, you betrayed me with brotherly intimacy, mate? With nearness? For real? Like there's nothing more painful to our pride that when you have allowed someone in into your close circle that they come and they deceive you they they become those that go against you in the secret there's nothing that we can say there's nothing we can explain more painful than that kind of treason but it takes real love to get up from there and say i'm not only gonna forgive you i'm gonna ask the question that would lead you not to commit a mistake that you already have in your heart with intimacy? We could go into the, the little details on the fine print of the situation. Judas was the one that actually was in charge of the money for the whole ministry of Jesus. And it was with money that he betrayed Jesus because he had intimacy with money. He didn't have intimacy with Jesus. He was full in in the team, but he was full in to what the team had and the power that it had in his eyes. He was full in in intimacy with his position, but he was not fully in love with Jesus. As believers, we have to understand that our heart is deceitful above all things. We love phileo, and we love all these other hearts moments, those, those four into me's. You see moments that we're going to explain, but first, why am I being intimate with during the day? My needs, my lust, my demand. My frustration, what is it am I about? If heaven says you're about these four things, what it would say? And that's when we all as a choir say, we need you. Anyone wants to join me? One, two, three. We need you. Truth be told, all of us are getting cut by the same knife that's called the gospel. Love. It goes into the into marrow. It goes into what fills our bones and our structure, what holds us up. Second type of love. Don't worry about it. We're going to move along. It's going to be okay. You're going to make it. We're going to go up to a second type of love, eros. Everyone loves eros. From where we actually derive into the word erotic. And I know we're in church where we're going to talk about sex. It means you and me are genders and uh, that's it. We're, we have sex. That's it. You know, like... And that's how we make babies. Done. That's it. That's it. Song of Songs is a book in the Bible that describes not only the relationship between a man and a woman, but the relationship between God and us as a church. So he's able to translate to the, one of the most intimate moments in the way that we are built as humans, the way that he wants to interact with us. Simple. Anything else that popped into your head. Ask for forgiveness. It's okay. We're going to make it. 
So Song of Songs 6.3 says very clear in the international version, I am my beloved's and my beloved is mine. And then he goes talking about the lilies. You, you add the lilies that you want into the story. But the point of it is actually saying, hey, I am my beloved's. I belong. But you know what? When you belong, you're able to look back and say, and you belong to me. I belong to you. You belong to me. And we love that you belong to me part nowadays, you know, but we don't belong to anyone. We are professional at giving likes when people wrote you a testament of the love that they have. I have the privilege of being hot and fresh out of my birthday. And a lot of people wrote to me things that were beautiful, things that I don't think even about myself Things that I am not even there, even thinking in my own life about who I am. And they were so loving. I said to some, thank you for the kind words. And they were kind. The people that I really wanted to write something about me because I have given flesh and bones and sweat and tears. Most of them didn't write anything. No, I'm not condemning anyone here. Don't worry. <laughs> That's not you guys, that's people outside. Don't worry about it. So I was looking for that brotherly love, that understanding, you know. I was not looking for any arrows on that, you know. I was not looking for intimacy in that sense, but I was still at least looking for it. Judas. Like sometimes you pray, Lord, can you bring me a Judas? Jesus picked his Judas. That's another teaching. We can go into that. Love picks Judas. Keep your Judas near. There's another type of love. It's not only phileo. It's not only eros. It's, it's also agape. We have songs about that nowadays. Like there's a church around the hood, you know, that has been writing about this, singing about this. When everyone was lonely, we were singing about that love that is there and never fails. We filmed it 4K. We, we gave it away for free. Everyone has been singing it. We all have been singing it. We didn't know it was ours. It's from your church. Yeah. Agape love. John 13, 35 says, by this everyone will know that you are my disciples. Agape love. And if you love one another. But what kind of love he's talking about? This is Jesus. The personification of love saying, love one another. By this they will know that you are imitators of who I am. I love you. He's saying, I love you and love how I loved you. He's saying, there's no other way of loving but my way. Don't try to love on your way. Because loving our way breaks people. Loving our way will always be short. We'll never be able to fulfill expectations. Love the way God loves. And you know what? We all will fall short. But if you fall short, say, you know, you know what? Yeah, you deserve better. Can we pray? <laughs> Love one another. So the world will know. John 21, 17 says, you know what? The third time he said to Simon Peter, son of John, do you love me? A little bit of context on that. Jesus has gone to the cross. Peter, the big mouth, like you, me, Peter, the rock, the one that is not shifty, the one that God changed his name and actually gave him you know, the keys to actually starting the church. The one that before that they, he could not even talk. The one that, that actually was a fisherman and he cannot write. The one that is illiterate. That preached the first inaugural sermon to the church. That Simon, the shifty one. He said, you will be Petrus. You're not shifty anymore. You are a rock. And on top of you, on top of your life, and that means your failures, your good and your bads. By the way, if you're reading the small letters, I will build my rock. My church is going to be based on people that know how low we can be, how broken we are. We're going to be those that are able to explain grace because we are receiving it in the daily. We're receiving daily patches of grace, love, mercy, 
and understanding. This Peter says, Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him for a third time. <laughs> How many of you guys prayed for faith in the last month more than once and you still doubted Jesus? Can I see hands? Peace be with you. It means that we're all in the same boat. Yes. That St. Peter actually is saying, oh my God, that was painful. If I ask my wife, the closest thing ever in life to me, not even my mom knows me as good as Joanna knows me. If I ask Joanna, do you love me? Whatever she says, I'm going to nod at it. I mean, okay. <laughs> because she knows me. And Peter has denied Jesus at this point three times and has abandoned the ministry, has abandoned the faith, he has abandoned everything Jesus taught them because he was ashamed and he brought everyone down with him. When we don't know how loved we are and how close we are to Jesus, we bring everyone and everything around down with us. Drop the mic and go home now. Baptize yourself if you can. Truth be told, you know, to be real, we produce who we are, not what we think and what we say. We produce who we are. And as Christians, we have to ask ourselves what kind of love we're producing. What kind of context comes into the room when we are into the room? What is it that is in us? I know no one survives this one, so I'm not asking for any amens. But if you have an amen or an ouch, you can say it now. That was a good medley right there. I mean, for all the fake, we can translate it into your own language. Don't worry about it. By this they will know. Do you love me? By being my disciple, by following me, do you love me? And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, you know all things. You know I love you. Why did Jesus ask him three times? Thank you for asking. I know. You were desperate to me. Because Jesus asked once, Peter, do you love me? Jesus, I feel you. I got you, Philly boy. I feel you, bro. I feel you. You're my brother. Peter, do you love me? <laughs> I told you, mate. This tomb thing coming back to life, maybe you just, you know, you, you need to get checked. I said, I feel you. And Jesus, the third time, said, Simon Peter, rock. In which I have decided to found my church. Do you agape me? We need to be taught how it is to love like God loves. Because agape love is the highest, the most extreme, the most precious way of loving. I love you how God loves you. For God so loved the world that he gave his own life, his only son. He didn't fillet us, thank God. There's areas in our lives in our faith that are stuck in our fillet relationship with Jesus. We need to get that to agape style. There's some of those areas that we have not submitted, like, like the eros part, you know, you know, the eros part. That area that is erotic and it's desireful and it's lustful and sometimes it's craving, you know, like a little bit of uh, attention. Have we submitted that type of love? Lord, I told you that we're not going to like that one. So we're fighting. We're striving. We're thirsty. And we don't know how to belong. That type of love is what God wants to reveal to us. How to belong. 
through the agape love of God. We could be masters of phileo and never go deep enough with anyone around us, with superficial lives and relationships that never, never. You could be married for ages of ages and never become more than a friend. A transaction. That's for the ones that are married. For the ones that are getting married, beware that you call her your friend. She will never be back to be your friend. You have been called to love her as God loves the church. Away with the culture. Love like God loves. Because love never fails. And we are all guilty of keeping things in this region of our hearts and our lives to ourselves. And with this one we close. One of the most beautiful parts in the Bible, for me, one of my fav most favorite verses in the Bible, there are two. They're in John 26, 27 of chapter 19. Jesus was in the cross. And he was crossing out what needed to happen to be finished. So he taught us with his lifestyle about, you know, filio. Being friends. I have called you friends. So I have told you what my father is asking us to do. I have revealed my plans. Friends, you keep them near. You tell them what are your intentions. You know, friends, you actually give of what you have. You might not give your heart, but you give of what you have. Is that kind of short distance. Maybe it's not eros. It's not intimate in the physical, but it's filio. It's actually kind of you give of what you have. And then we have talked about the strongest one of them all because... If not, it will be anticlimactic because we have to go back to it. But one of these loves, most of us have never, never had an intervention with. And it's storge, the love of a family member. And I know that we, we talk about love so lightly as Christians, and I'm not going to talk about the world. We're going to talk about us. Let's bring those dirty rags in the middle. We talk about storage. We talk about you know, love with the family in a way that is so light. We love about, we love to talk about we're family in Christ, you know. Like we share all what we have and we keep it superflow, you know, we keep it superficial. We also actually say, you know what, whatever I have, whatever you need, just let me know. We try to actually make it agape. We're faking agape on that one. But we are broken on the sense of storage love. That is family love. Most of us don't know. What is it to be family? And how can we express what we have no authority with? Most of us never had a sibling. Some of us, our siblings didn't like us. Going back to David. His siblings never accepted him. His siblings always were reminding David the broken parts of his character. Are we those kind of siblings? Are we reminding each other the brokenness that we have? Or are we, you know, kind of like being able to be encouraging, strong enough, meaty enough in our agape relationship with God that we encourage others with better? Sometimes our storage is quite distorted. How to be brothers? We start being brothers, but we end up in seduction. We start, you know, kind of giving you what I know about my brother and praying, but then we end up in gossip. Storage. Distorted. God wants us to come through life and to know that we belong. That he has set us to win. He has set us up for a win in all these areas. Jesus said, in John 19, when he was in the cross, he said to John, the disciple, that he loved. He said, when he was seeing his mother, that was not going to feel fulfilled, that was, that was going to suffer the emptiness on a specific area of love, he looked at her. He said, Mother, behold, here is your son. God doesn't leave any area in our life behind. How do we belong? 
by looking at God and how He fulfills and how He fills all these areas. Areas that we need like never before, not information, but revelation. How to be romantic and erotic with our spouse. How to actually be able to respond to the cravings and the urges that are physical in holiness because we love God. Agape is above all these. How to be able to be phileo, how to be brothers and sisters in Christ in holiness. To be able to portray that nearness. How to be able to be storage with our own blood that has betrayed us, that has failed us. Jesus is wanting to feel something so strong. Something that nothing else will be able to actually feel in our lives. He came and portrayed it all so we will be full and our joy will be complete. So we could understand when he said, you know what, take heart, take heart. I have filled all these areas in your life. Take heart, I have overcome. I have defeated what has been defeating you in any of these areas. You don't have to be wandering. You don't have to be mesquin. You don't have to be demanding. You can be full. You can be whole. This is the gospel of Jesus. That he came and paid for it all. That the same heart that was in Christ, the same mind that was in Christ is in us. So we are made whole. These six weeks are weeks that God is ordering over our steps healing. We're going to go deep. We're going to see how God dials back on curses that we didn't know we had. God is saying, you know, I will give you understanding of that line of pattern or thought that you have been portraying, that you have been prolifying. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you authority. But you got to understand that you belong so you don't defend, so you lower your guard. So you grow up from your errors. So you grow in intimacy with your phileo. So you're able to enjoy your storage. And you're able to admire and surrender and submit to your agape. And I ask you the same question that Jesus asked Peter. Peter, the one that said, I will never deny you. Peter, the same guy that when, he, when Jesus was about to be apprehended by the, by the guards, the Roman guards that Jesus could have taken down, he slapped out his sword and cut an ear. That same Peter that was able to attack on his own strength still was phileo. I ask you this question. Do you belong? How do you belong? Today sees us with covenant. But do we see ourselves as people with covenant? God paid for us to be whole. But are we walking on that wholeness? He sees us getting better, getting stronger, getting healthier. He sees us. But it's no good how anyone else sees us if we're not able to see ourselves as loved. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we go in transition to song, Lord, as the worship team leads us, Lord, into giving unto you, Lord, what is due to you, the worship, the only one. Father, we stand as broken people. Father, we stand as people that, Father, are in need to belong. We are in need of understanding how much we belong, Lord, how much of these areas, Lord, we still are so far, we have not submitted, and we're not enjoying your fullness, Lord. And how much of that we have not given up, you know, them in their brokenness so we can belong. Father, we stand with courageous hearts. Like people that are bold, Lord. 
that people that know that you have said, Lord, come boldly into this throne of mercy. Like people that were paid for on the cross with your blood and your covenant of love for us. Like people that recognize that if it wasn't for you, Lord, we would not be here. Like those we stand. And Father, we say that in each of these areas, we need you. And we need to understand your love. We need to understand your time. We need to understand your character. We need to understand your ways. Jesus, today we stand as Peter. After all our failures, Lord. Father, with faith in our hands. Encourage in the other, saying, Lord, you know we love you. Have your way. Have your way. Father, I come today against any discouragement, any condemnation, Lord, that is in this room that has, has actually got up, has clawed itself into our hearts, any area, Lord, this week or through situations, Lord or even in our story, in our history, maybe through generations, Lord, any despair, any, any lack of understanding that we are cherished, Lord, every spirit of rejection, I come against you in the name of Jesus. You have no authority when love is in the room. You have no authority when love has paid for us to come straight to Him. You have no authority and we demand that you take your claws off. Leave every area of our hearts alone in intimacy with our Savior. If this message has been talking to you as we prepare for the baptism, I want to ask that you stand and you stand with me. If you have something, any area in your heart, maybe it's in the area of what's romantic and erotic. Maybe you have something to give up in the area that has to do with phileo and relationships. Maybe you have to do in, in some, some forgiving in the area of storage and family members. Maybe you don't know how much God loves you. Maybe that's the area you're going to bring God. I don't know. But if you have something in your heart that you feel today that God is convicting that he's encouraging for it to belong anew and afresh. Bring it to him. God wants to restore it. God's, God is in the business of teaching it. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or would like to share how God is speaking to you through this message, let us know on any of our social media platforms. Make sure to visit our website, hopeandanchor.org, for more information on who we are as a church and to find out how you can be part of the Hope and Anchor family. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.